Welcome to the Jane Bond Show, from execution to excellence. And I am your host, Jane Bond, the serial entrepreneur who will be sharing with you valuable life lessons and interviewing influencers from around the country who have broken through to success, along with giving you advice on navigating through the game. Today, our topic is laws of success. Our special guest comes to us with wisdom and a mindset for success. He shares with us the tribulation and impact of losing his grandmother to cancer, his only caretaker at the time, which left him to fend for himself. After dealing with insurmountable challenges as a young man, like homelessness and incarceration, he carved his way up to being one of the top real estate professionals in New York City, starting with only 93 cents in his bank account. He is now the founder of Mill Real Estate and author of Wake Up and Win. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to our special guest and CEO of Jermaine Miller Consulting, Mr. Jermaine Miller. Hey, Jermaine, how you doing? Hey, Jane, it's good to hear you. Good to hear your voice. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. I haven't seen you since New York. Yes, a few months ago, a lot has changed. How's things been for you? Same here. A lot has changed. I've been doing a lot, you know, trying to keep myself moving forward, keep moving the goalposts, and just, you know, do what we do. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I like to invite you here. I'm so glad you decided to come on the show from execution to excellence, and we're going to dive right in. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Yes. So, Jermaine, tell our audience about growing up in New York City. How did it all get started for you? Yeah, um, it was all phenomenal. You know, I grew up in a single-parent household. My mother raised me and my younger brother, and she did what was best for us put a roof over our head, clothes on our back, and food on the, t- uh, on the table. That's, that's all you can ask for a kid growing up. And I had some influences growing up, actually. One of my influences, positive influences growing up, was my grandmother. She pretty much raised me. She lived in Harlem in the 80s and the 90s when I was growing up. And if, if you're from New York and you're, you're familiar with Harlem, it wasn't oh, the best place yep. to be. I mean, it was <laughs> drug epidemic. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was crazy at those times. Um, yeah. and, you know, just kind of seeing my grandmother in that light, those years growing up, she was like my first inspiration, right? She was my first motivation. And I had promised her right before I went to high school that I would one day buy her a home. And I remember having this conversation with her and she said, you know what? You don't have to do that. Just do well in life. And I said, doing well in life would be me purchasing a home for you. So I went, I went through high school with great grades, went on, went on to college. It was the first person in my family to go to college, go away to college. And my second year in college, we discovered something. What we discovered is my grandmother had lung cancer. And cancer, oh. as you know, is one of the most feared words in seven different languages. And so yeah. I, at the time, didn't really know what to do other than drop out of college and go back to being with my grandmother, which unfortunately for me at that time was one of my early mistakes in life, which was dropping out of college. So I went back to being home and and being with my grandmother. But shortly when I came home from school, she passed away. And that was in 1999. 
1990. That was in 1999, and I was 19 years old, and I remember waking up at 25 years old. I was sleeping on the floor in a basement of a, of a, of wow. a house that I had paid for a room. And the reason why I say that is because for six years of my life, I had parked my dreams and my goals, and I was standing on the sideline of life and could not really wake up. It was like, you know, something had happened to me, and it was the loss of my grandmother, and I was reeling with that because the day I buried her, I buried my dreams and I buried my goals, and I had no idea that's what I did. And so I just kind of parked my life for these years, and in in those years, I got married and had a divorce. I had children by different women. I found myself homeless. I was incarcerated, bad credit, lost everything. Everything imaginable that could go wrong went wrong. And at 25 years old, I woke up. I was going to say, let's just digress here just a little bit, because that's a lot for a young man to take on. That's a hell of a lot for a young man to take on. I mean, you already answered my question, what were some of your challenges growing up? And, you know, I was as you were speaking, and we're going to go right back to it, I just wanted to kind of digress for a second and take that all in. As we were speaking and you said, you know, growing up in Harlem, I'm a little older than you, and I think I was living in Harlem in 1997, 98. I lived at 145th yes. and Convent. So I understand. Okay, so my grandmother was on 146 yeah. between 7th and 8th. Right. So I was right there. So I, I know what that was like at that time. But, my God, you went through, you know, some really major, major challenges back then. Yes. So let's keep moving forward. And Okay, I want to ask you, you know, you said, let me ask you what led you to being homeless? And was that before, that, that was after you got married? Yes, yeah, so we, we it, was, it, was after, it was after I got married, and it was just the, the sum total of bad decisions and me feeling like, you know, sometimes in life, we want to start at the top. And what I realized is that the only place you can start at the top at is when you're digging a hole for yourself. And growing up, I kind of had this I already made it mindset, and I didn't want to start from the bottom, so I, I was rejecting certain job offers. I had a really negative attitude, and I, I didn't realize how negative my attitude was, and I didn't realize that um, the things that I was attracting to my life was based on my negative attitude. And so the, we, they say um, uh, success is doing a few simple disciplines every day, but failure is errors in judgment compounded. So all these years, Correct. my errors in my judgment was compounded to that day. So I didn't wake up 25 years old and I was a complete failure. It was the errors in my judgment for six years of my life that I woke up on that one morning, and the compound effect of all of that was why I was where I was at 25. So I can't really say that there was anything specific that led me to that, but I can say the sum total of my errors in my thinking is what got me to that point. So let me ask you this. Why was, you, why, were you, why was your thinking so negative at that time? Did it come because of, you know, the demise of your grandmother and you just hated I, everything I, around you? Yeah, so again, if we're talking about the loss, if we're talking about a setback, 
and we're talking about right. an obstacle or certain things like that, that adversity, sometimes what we tend to do is actually try to disguise that adversity or disguise those obstacles oh, and not actually face that, right? And so I never really faced that. I never really right. faced growing up being in a single-parent household and my mother not really being around for me and my brother because she was always working. I never really faced the struggles of being, you know, a young African-American male having, having children by different women. I never really faced all of these things until this one moment where I had to say to myself, I can't live like this no more. But even in those moments when we say, I can't live like this no more, the trouble is we don't know what we really want to live like. So until we really right. define what it is that we really do want, we will always get what we don't want. And I think that because I couldn't really clearly define, see, my goal was my grandmother. When that was taken away from me, I didn't really have any definition of what I really wanted to accomplish in life anymore. And I had to get to that place. What could I do or what would my impact be now because I can't do what I wanted to do for the person who's no longer here? So let me ask you this. Why do you think you could never face or understand that your mother was, you know, a single mother and she was out there doing the best she can to raise her boys? Why do you think you could never face or own up to that and move, you know, in a positive manner? Because, you know, when you look back at statistics, a lot of kids grow up, you know, latchkey, one family, you know, one parent household. And the positive, outcome, positive outcomes from that also. In your case, you're saying you couldn't face it, and I'm asking you what made you not be able to face that or you did not want to uh, face it? I think I just didn't want to face that, and I think that that's what happens to a lot of people. We get into these places in our lives, and we just don't want to actually address how we really feel. It's kind of like putting things or sweeping things under the rug and trying to move forward without actually addressing what really caused you to pain. And I think because of the way society has, has set things up as males, we're not actually supposed to feel a certain way about certain things or we're supposed to disguise certain things or we're not supposed to talk about the things that we had issues with or challenges with or problems with. We're supposed to man up and continue moving forward in life. So I think that's where I found myself not being able to really be transparent, not really being able to express how I felt about certain things that happened in my life growing up, and not really being able to have somebody who I can really talk to because the person that I was able to talk to, she passed away. Right. Well, I, I definitely understand that as an older, you know, young man, not being, you know, 15, 13, 12 at that point. Um, you know, I went through something very similar to that with the best friend of mine for 30 years. I lost him five, six months ago. And my trajectory with that friendship and that particular friend was not there anymore. Irrespective right. of everything that was going on in my life, you know, even when you met me, you saw me, I have a lot of energy. I'm excited to be alive at all times. Um, so I get that. You shut down. Uh, you're not able to face things, but I had no other choice because, you know, I'm 
I work, I have people that count on me, you know, not children, but, you know, other family members, and I had to keep going. But I understand where sometimes your world just stops and you're like, wait a second, how did that happen? And that was all of a sudden. You know, I didn't know right. that was going to pass and so forth. So I understand trying to live with that and keep moving forward and the kind of pain that, you know, that it put upon a person or individual when something like that happens out of the blue can be extremely stifling. It could take you right, down that is if true. you don't face it. Yeah, if you don't face it, you might lose yourself. Did I lose a part of me? I, did a part of me break? Yeah, but I was able to grasp, understand what happened, and I still am dealing with it. But it's a pain I know I have to live with, probably for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that because with that pain comes beautiful memories. With that pain comes you know, finding my voice even with this podcast and being able to talk to people like yourself now. So I kind of turned it around. Not kind of. I did turn it around and put it in a positive light. And the pain is, has been turned to somewhat of joy and understanding right. that I lost something, but I gained so much more. And the clarity of knowing that I had him in my life for all those years and I was with him to deliver him you know, to his next life with God and God, you know, allowed me to have him for so many years and enjoy right. the best years of my life. It turned it around for me. But I had to come to that and it wasn't easy and it's still very early. So I, I can definitely relate to what you're saying with your life just stopping and not being able right. to make the right decisions because it can take you one way or the other. And apparently it took you this way, but it seems like you've awakened. So now we're excited yes. to hear the next level. Yes. So you went from you went to being homeless. So give me a little bit of that scenario. So one of the things that I had that obviously changed is my thoughts and my thinking. And when I realized that I was thinking negative, it was it was actually I had gotten a book by my spiritual dad, Les Brown. At the time, I didn't know him but uh, he had a book called Live Your Dreams. And clearly, I wasn't living my dreams. I was actually living okay. a nightmare at that particular time. And so there was something so powerful and profound that he said, and it was simple. You have something special. You have greatness in you. And those words mm -hmm. actually changed my whole idea and outlook on life because I said, wait a minute, you mean to tell me all of the things that I've been going through, all of the things that I've been challenged by, I have greatness in me? Before, it probably wouldn't have resonated. But there was something right. that day when I read those words, and it resonated. And Albert Einstein once said, imagination is the preview of things to come in your life. And the challenge that I had was I was imagining things, but I was imagining things I didn't want. So I had to imagine and learn how to imagine the things that I did want, even where I was at. So sometimes in life, we can be in certain places that we really don't want to be in, but we'll stay there because of our inability to imagine. Right. In fact, um, I just released my book today, actually. It's called Wake Up and Win. And I was talking okay, about that. Okay, don't give it all away yet. Wait, 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 wait. I was talking, <laughs> I was talking about that. <laughs> no problem. I was talking specifically about this 
actually, I, I have it in one of my, my talks, and it's the truth despite your appearances. And the appearance of things usually look contrary to where we want to go and the things that we want to have in life. And it's important for us to discover whatever that truth is for us. And that truth can be simple, our dreams, our goals, our ideas, because life will always be contrary to what we want if we don't know what our dreams are. And so the moment that I turn that switch, right, the moment I turn that switch on, regardless of the fact that I had 93 cents in my account, regardless of the fact that I had pennies in my pocket, I realized that what Albert Einstein said was powerful. I can literally springboard myself to who I want to be in life, even though I'm not there. I had to take on the feeling of that, what would I feel like, what would I sleep like, what would I talk like, what would I be like if I accomplished or became this person that I wanted to become. So that started, right. uh, that started something in me. And it motivated me. It was the desire. It was the fuel. It was what was a battery in my, pa- in my pack that caused me to push and work hard to get from where I was. So what you're saying is you just had to, you know, change your vibration and allow, you know, yourself to be opened up to it was It, it was unfortunate, was but yes. Yes, that's okay, exactly. Though, but that's how it happens. I mean, you know, I know that you coach um, – a lot of people out there. But it's not easy to change someone's mindset if they're living in the negative and never think right. anything can happen to them. You have to be open. You have to allow the universe to help you in that way because once you start thinking positive, it's no different than, you know, being able to pivot when you need to pivot and, and exactly. be present to be happy and intentional to be happy. And that's exactly what happened to you when you read that book. It told you you could be great, even though you were not being great at the time and moment in your life. You realize if I just open myself up and allow myself to feel good, that's just raising your vibrations and being able to pivot to a different life, and that's what you did. And thank God it woke you up. It it just took something to resonate with you. And whoever put that book in your hand or however you got that book, it was meant to happen because it was meant for you to become the man you wanted to be. Exactly. It just, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, let's hear some more of it. Tell us, tell us all about it. Because uh, where, where did you find the courage to get up after that book? Because it that's was, a whole mindset shift. Yeah, it was, and, and, that's, and that's what we, we actually, I really talked about that in great detail in, in the book, and it's funny you said the mindset shift because I'm literally working on a new book right now called The Power of, of a Mindset Switch, and it's talking okay. about, you know, how we can go from negative to positive by just altering our thoughts. And I think what happened to me was I started saying, you know what, I know I don't want this, but what exactly is it that I do want, right? And I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that we have identifying what it is that we really want. We know what we don't want, right? I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be homeless. I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want to be in bad relationships. I don't want, you know, I don't want to be fat, right? Like, I know what I don't want, but we can't describe with clear-cut accuracy 
what we do want. So when I sat down and I started writing down what I wanted, you know, what I wanted for my life, again, that became the catalyst or the springboard for me to get where I, to get where I wanted to go. And it, it wasn't easy because I started with 93 cents, and while I made, you know, multi-millions selling real estate, and I started with 93 cents, I still had to take action, right? So being oh, at 93 absolutely. cents, taking action meant saying, okay, well, what is it that you can do right now? And so I wanted okay. I said, you know, maybe I'm good at sales, right? I can probably sell anything. But, but what could help me? What could be a vehicle? So I started thinking about real estate. And so I, let me ask you this. Problem. Let me just ask uh-huh. you this before we go forward. What was the caveat? I mean, the caveat to what you just said is, you know, how do I clearly figure out what I want? But the caveat to that, you know, and the backup is, how do you get there? Right. How do you so get deciding, there? Once you so find deciding out, what, once you define, right, once you define what you want, because I'm sure you sat down and you planned it all out and you, you decided what you want, the caveat is, did you plan how to get there? Right. So here's the interesting thing, and this is something that I actually learned recently. Whenever we decide this is what we want for our life, we're actually never in position to accomplish it. So I can say I want to be a successful entrepreneur, but as of today, I'm not in position financially or whatever the case may be to get to that point. There is a process. And when we understand that there's a process, everything has a process. Nature has a process. Life has a process. Everything is a process. So if I take my seed, which is my dream or my goal or my idea, and I plant my seed in the ground, I have to think like the seed. I planted my dream and my goal in the ground. I don't give up on my seed. I still got to water it. I still got to make sure the weeds don't overtake the garden. I still got to cultivate it. I still got to make sure it gets sunshine and rain, right? And so that's how we have to mirror our life with with our dreams and our goals. We can't just take our dream and say, you know what, I'm going to just put it in the ground and I'm going to walk away. There's a process to it. But also on the flip side of that, we can't get impatient with the process because one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite quotes by Henry David Thoreau, he said, if a man advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life that he's imagined, he would meet with success unexpected in common hours. What's so powerful about that quote is he meets with his success unexpected, but it's in common hours. It's the same thing about the seed. We don't know exactly when the plant is going to come out of the ground. It's unexpected, but the hours will always be a 24-hour common hour. So when we realize that the moment that we plan our dream, the moment we say, this is the day I'm going to turn my life around, we have to know that in that process, there is a process. It's called growth. And when we decide this is what I want. uh I was going to say, so how do you get? from there to where you are in that So that's the, growth, that's the growth process. So when I decide this is my dream or this is where I want to be, one of my favorite quotes, I have a few of them, Earl Nightingale, one of the most powerful people that ever lived. 
This he is said, true. success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or a worthy ideal, right? That word progressive there, growth. So what he's basically saying is in order for me to achieve something that I really want, this ideal world, I have to grow into the person that attracts that goal or attracts that dream or attracts that idea. So to answer your question is the growth, right? I know that in order for me to earn a million dollars a year, I have to grow into the person that earns a million dollars a year. If I want to earn $50,000 a year, I grow into the person that earns $50,000 a year. So it's a growth process. And it's a mindset. And you know, it's it's a mindset. I say to young agents all the time, the first time they say to me, Jane, can you tell me how to break into the luxury market? I said, there's no such thing. You must grow into that market. It takes time to understand your market. It takes time to realize who your clientele is to get you that multi-million dollar paycheck. It takes time to experience who they are and work your database to get there to them. You gotta right. be able to play in the sandbox. You can't play right. in the sandbox. Right. How, how do you? How can you even service them? Right. That's the truth. If you don't even know what they want, <laughs> you know. So I, I get it. You definitely. It's all about growing, no matter what you do. It took time for me to grow to be myself, be the agent that I am, and like you said, it taking time to get to where you want to be. And that's a really hard mindset, mindset shift for some people because, like you said, initially, we want it so bad, and we don't even know how to get it. Right. And we don't even know what we want. Right. First of all, right. we know we want to be rich. Right. We know we want to be rich. And that's interesting that you say that because we know we want to be rich, but what does rich mean for you? Right? Exactly. What I know I want to earn mean? money. Right. I know I want to earn money, but how much money do I want to earn? I know I want to be happy, but what exactly is the definition of happiness? And because those definitions elude who we are or who we want to be, we never actually discover those things for ourselves. So we get up every single day. As Thomas Carlyle once said, we're like a ship without a sail. We, we go left, we go right. You know, any way the wind blows, we go. We go. And if landfall should appear, which is our destination, we have no clue. That's where we really want to be because we're like a ship without a sail. And we live our life in neutral every single day, all because we never really decide what it is that we truly want for ourselves. Amen to that. You said that. I'll tell you. So let me ask you this. I I hear a lot of think and grow rich principles in what you're saying to me, did that have an effect on you also? Because it's all about thinking what you want and, and laws of attraction. I hear a lot of that in you. You have all of this wrapped up into one with what you read from Les Brown, what you're talking about from Nightingale. I mean, you and I kind of are on the same path or have been on the same path of growth because all the people you're speaking about, I'm very familiar with them. And I understand the whole, you know, mindset shift, knowing where you want to go, planning with, you know, sitting down, 
taking your plan of action and taking action on that plan, not just writing it down and putting it away, looking at it and checking the boxes off. There's nothing better than checking those boxes, saying, okay, I did this, I did that. And you watch your growth and you look at yourself from where you came from to where you are and you know that path can be traveled by many if they just take on that same, take on those same principles. So how do you, as a coach, instill that in others? It's a success routine, and that's what I really talk to my clients about. And the success routine is uh, what I touched upon briefly earlier, doing something simple every single day, a discipline, that will get to your results. And how to break that down is simple. If I want to lose weight, which I did recently, about 25 pounds, I was turning 40, and I was turning 40 in October, and I'm like, listen, I got to get this 25-year-old body back, right? So I started in <laughs> <Okay>. like early <laughs> May, right? That's like early May, right? I want that 25 back. So, but here's the interesting thing, right? I didn't say I'm going to run on a treadmill on Sunday seven, for, for seven hours. I made sure every single day I put an hour in. This is how simple it is. Every exactly. single day I'm doing a simple discipline. When it's compounded, I have a result. And this is where the challenge lies for us, right? We just assume that I can be disciplined one day, and if I miss that one day, I can bunch it all up on a Sunday. And it usually doesn't work like that. So it's just a few simple disciplines practiced every day. So the success routine is simple. What would your day look like if you were successful doing everything you wanted to do within that day? And I set it up. My audible is first thing in the morning. My reading is first thing in the morning. My meditation is first thing in the morning. My, my gym exercises is first thing in the morning. Because I understand that after a certain time, everybody's up and everybody's pulling on you. So if you want to, you know, create the day that you want, right, this is creating the day that you want by definition, you'll spend the extra three hours getting up early and creating the day instead of waking up later and living the day by default. So the sum total of living years by default equals living like you don't want to live, driving like you don't want to drive, shopping where you don't want to shop, and doing the things you just don't want to do. That's living life by default. But when you live your life by design, you got to get up early. you got to start start that discipline early when people aren't asleep. Society has unfortunately set it up for the weakest person to to survive, right? Oh, and they gravitate. And they gravitate toward that. So only the 3% or the 1% are the people that say, you know what, I don't want to gravitate to that bar. I want to do things different. And doing things different means that you'll have to have these disciplines every single day. Absolutely. I mean, you always, I'm sure, you know, in our line of business as real estate agents, or in your case, a broker, um, we get up, I don't know about it, I know a lot of agents that are really successful, and our routine, when we talk to each other, is pretty much on point and match, time for time. You're up, what time you're up? 5.30. Of course. 5, five, yep. 5.30. I can't do anything but get up at 5.30. I was up at 4.30 this morning, and it was Sunday morning. I was up reading. <laughs> you know, and I talked to a couple other agents 
at 6 o'clock who had been up earlier than I was. And I was like, you know, it's always the way. Successful people stay in alignment with each other. You're up at 530. I can't, if I can't, if I get up any later than 6 o'clock, my day is shot. I'm out. Exactly. Got, and that's exactly I'm how I feel. I'm, I might I as well pull out, the covers over my read. eyes. Right. You're absolutely right. You've got to work out. You've got to read. You've got to prep for the next, you know, prep for that morning. And I'm usually prepping the night before just to get it all in. And by the time I get home, I done did three jobs. <laughs> Somebody done right. did three jobs, you know, because we've got to get it in, all in. And a lot of people, they just don't have the mental stability, you know, they don't want to do it. They don't have the physical because they're tired. You know, in our job as agents, we have to be on point. We have to be energized. We have to be alive. We, I mean, even when you prospect, right. you have to have energy. Right. We, we're rejected so much in the course of a day. You know, thank God I'm not there anymore. But in the course of a day when you're working trying to move that goalpost, trying to get that next listing, you know, you're on a phone in a tunnel for two, three hours. And that has to right, be done before anything else, before anything else happens. And that has to be done right after your workout, your prep, your role play, and whatever else you have to do before you even get there, and that starts at 8. That, that's true. That's very <laughs> so, true. So, you know, that time frame is tight. And you're right. Every day if you're doing small, if you have, you know, small goals, you know, daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, because you can't have yearly goals in a month. <laughs> right. You got to work your Right, that's true. You that's know, true. you just can't. There's not enough time. And it's all, it all has, you have to be able to measure your success. You have to be able to measure your work ethic. And if you can't measure those things, how will you even get there? Exactly. And you have to exactly. be able to scale. You know, and I know you're doing all these things. I mean, I can tell from the conversation. This is the conversation of champions. Trust me. Champion <laughs> conversation. Yeah, this is champion conversation here. I want everybody to know. When you listen to this conversation, this is the conversation of champions. And next time you hear it, listen to it all the time because he's giving you a lot of gems. Yes. So was real estate something you fell in love with or was something you knew you had to take on to get to where you wanted to get to? That's, that's, a great, that's a great question. I think that at that particular moment, you know, I borrowed the money for the real estate course from my, one of my best friends. He didn't even know I was going through what I was going through. So he didn't know that if this didn't work out, I wouldn't be able to pay him back, right? So I borrowed the money. I did the course. I did the class. I went to the training. And the third day in training, I, I pulled the CEO of the company aside and I said, hey, listen, man, I appreciate the bagels and juice you give us every morning for training. And I had my bank statement printed out. And I'm like, listen, I can't stay here too much longer because I have to make some money. And he's looking at me, and he's like, you got to be kidding me. This is not like a real bank statement, like as in this is all you have. I said, this is all I have. And so he said, you know what? You, there's something in you that, that is motivating me. So I'm going to go ahead and let you choose whatever office you want to work in, and, you know, I'll see you soon. You can come kind of pick up this training later on in the year if you want to. And so I, I did that. And, you know, the first couple of days I slept in the office. 
they didn't even know. I was the first person in the last one to leave. And okay, it took no. me probably about four or five days to do my first New York City real estate transaction, which was a rental. And I made $2,200 um, the, the, uh, on the deal. And that was my first check of that amount because I'm 25 years old. I've never seen a check that large all at one time. And it changed my wow. life. And I said to myself, you know, if I can do a couple of these every week, what will my life be like? And that's when I, it really kicked in. I said, if I that's can do this in, once, huh? I could do it again. If The same Absolutely. thing that I did with this person, if I do it again, I can get paid. And in six months of this, I made over six figures in six months. This is after sweeping on the floor, and my whole life changed. It changed from there. And I went, and, you know, 10 years, I'm in the industry, and I realized that I was making people happy by helping them purchase homes and rent apartments and knowing things about the city, but I still felt a little lost, right? I still felt okay. like I wasn't really living my purpose. And what I realized was I really do love helping people, and I really love helping people achieve their dreams, but I felt like I wasn't living mine. And here's why I felt like I wasn't living mine. A couple of times I was passed up for, like, managing directors of these real estate firms and getting promoted to certain things, and I decided that I wanted to open up my own real estate firm, but every time I went to go do it, I talked myself off the ledge. Every time I'm okay. like, you know what, I want to do it. I want to open my own. I can do it. And right when I was getting ready to do it, I would talk myself off the ledge. It's almost like I'm stopping three feet from goal, right? And this is what we why, do in why our do own you think, life. Well, why do you think you talked yourself out of it? Right. I talked myself out of it's the inner conversations that we have. You know, most of the inner conversations that we have on a daily basis are argumentative. And what are inner conversations? Inner conversations are those small talks that we have within ourselves every day that no one hears but ourselves. And those are the conversations that if we allow to overtake us, we'll do completely opposite from what we really want to do. So those Absolutely. inner conversations were just when I was getting ready to take flight, oh, maybe I'll do it tomorrow, or something else seemed to appear that was better or would take my attention away from what I really desired. But what right. usually happens is it's that little thorn in our flesh that keeps pricking us and pricking us and pricking us and oh, causing absolutely. us to move until it's really uncomfortable for us and we don't have a choice. Most people, what they do is they stay in a known hell rather than venture off to a strange heaven. So for absolutely. years we're in these known hells as opposed to going off in these strange heavens. So it took a, a little bit for me, but in 2015, I finally said, you know what? If I'm going to impact, if I'm going to inspire, if I'm going to motivate people to live their dream, I got to be somebody who's living their dream. And I finally decided to open up my own company in 2015. Oh, God, congratulations. That, that gnawing at you was really getting to you, huh? <laughs> that yes, poked, yes. poked a hole in you. Yeah, yes. that's what happens when you really want something and you know you're supposed to do it. It doesn't go away. You just can't put it away because it will stay with you because that's, that's that happiness. That's that thing yes. that's inside of you that must come out no matter, no matter what you do. It doesn't go away, and it's always on your mind. And those conversations, 
that you were having with yourself and that person was saying, you know, no, I can't do this. No, I got something to do here. No, I got to do this first. It always comes back around. But when one conversation you have with yourself and you know you can't turn it down this time, the movement is swift and it happens just like that. Yes. And you know what's so interesting? We're, We're talking about champions, right? And I was watching, I'm sure you've probably watched Rocky before. Have you ever watched that movie, Rocky, uh, with Sylvester Stallone? (laughs) Okay. So I've watched this movie so many times, right? Rocky one through five. The other day I'm sitting in my my living room and I'm like, you know what, let me find something on Netflix. So I start watching Rocky one and I say, you know what, let me watch Rocky two. And all these years I'm watching Rocky, right? he's getting abused by Apollo Creed in the first Rocky. So the first 14 rounds of this fight, Rocky's getting beat. And I'm like, Rocky, man, you got to get a different strategy. You're swinging, your energy's all over the place. And this is, this is the champ, right? You're fighting the champ and you're getting beat. So around the 14th round, Apollo knocks Rocky out. Rocky goes down, Apollo turns around, He's putting his hands up. I finally beat this nagging, gnawing person. Rocky, because he didn't quit, said, I can't go out like this. So as Apollo turns around, he's looking in disgust because he's like, I cannot believe this guy is still coming at me. So they go on through the fight, and I'm I'm watching this, and I'm like, wow, this is is amazing. So the start of Rocky 2 starts. And Apollo is in the hospital with Rocky. Rocky walks by Apollo in his room, and he goes, Apollo, did you give me your best shot? And Apollo looks at him, and he says, yes, I gave you my best. It was at that moment Rocky believed. See, the thing with this was so powerful for me was, in Rocky 1, he didn't quit, but he didn't believe. In Rocky 2, he won because he believed. Believing is a law. The moment that we believe, we're in harmony with the thing that we desired. So we can go for years living where we don't want to live, working like we don't want to work, earning what we don't want to earn because we're no quitter. But to believe in something that's possible for you is what the challenge is. We believe something is possible. We just don't believe it's possible for us. So when Rocky believed, that's when he won. And that's the thing that we have to get with. We can go through life not quitting, but we don't believe. The moment we believe what's possible for others is possible for us, or the moment we believe that what's possible is possible for us, that's when our life changes. And that's what happened to me. The moment I believe that I deserve this, I deserve to live greater than how I'm living right now, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be living in greatness. I deserve to, I deserve to shop where I want to shop. The moment I believe that, the narrative of my whole life changed. Oh, I'm sure. And you better tell that story. You better tell that story. Yes, I visualized the whole entire thing with you. So <laughs> I'm loving it. Okay. And you said you had to believe, and guess what? You made it happen. You made it happen. And a lot of people, like you said, they don't believe. They don't believe that they can do these things. They think they can, 
but deep down inside they don't get it, that they're supposed to really know that they can do it. Right. And put one exactly. foot right before the other. Because once you start moving, you know what Martin Luther King said, if you can't run, then you crawl. You crawl. And you got to crawl first. You got to crawl first before you can do anything else. Yes. And those are the baby steps. Those are the baby steps that people have to take to get to where they want to go, but they don't want to take those baby steps. They want to take leaps and bounds. Because you know what that's called, Jermaine? That's called putting in the work. Putting in the work. We understand that we have to put in the work and we have to take action on our own lives. And that's the only way it's going to happen. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. And it's funny that you would say put in the work and, and, and take that action because, you know, life is incredible, right? Oh. Winston, uh, Isaac Newton once said, what we know is a drop, what we don't know is the ocean, right? And that's how okay. infinite that we can go with life. But most people will show up to an ocean with a teaspoon instead of a bucket. <laughs> okay. Right? I will go to this. Boat. It, right, I'm com- but you know, and and it's and it's crazy that we live like that because it's like I'm in this ocean, this infinite supply. We're under this in this universe, and we're in life with a teaspoon because no. we don't know how powerful we are. We don't know that, like I said before, what's possible for others is also possible for us. And it's not easy to instill that in people. Right. It's not easy. I try every day. It's not easy. You know, people say they want it. I want it, Jane. I want it as bad as, you know, I want to get there. I want to do exactly what you did. I know I can. I know I have it inside of me. They come to the table and choke. I didn't even start feeding them yet. (laughs) How are you going to choke before you start eating? That's the belief. Right. That's true. You don't believe that you can do it. Or, or, worse, you don't want to put in the work. You thought right. this was easy. This is not easy. This business we in, it's not for the weak. It's I don't not for the weak. You can have everything your heart desires just by being in this business, real estate. Right. They, 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 this they, is where it's not for the weak. Is not you said it's not for the weak. They call it the faint at heart. <laughs> That's <laughs> the right. faint at heart. This is where you can turn your whole life around in a matter of a year and make right. millions, truth. millions. Millions in this business. If you just listen to the right person and do the work. Right. That is so true. Because we're, we're out here. We're willing to teach you. We're willing to mentor you. We're willing to coach you. And there's a difference, mentoring and coaching. I choose who yes. I want to mentor. That's you true. choose me as a coach. That's, that's true. That's <laughs> okay. powerful. Because they don't powerful. get it. They don't understand the difference between mentoring and coaching. If I see it and I know you got it, I'm coming for you because I want to mentor you. So, so you know, there's so many people out here like you, myself, and others that are willing to give you everything you want to get to where you, to help you get to where you want to go, shepherd you. But you got to right. want it. You got to want it so bad that, that you truth. can taste it. Absolutely. You know, and your five principles to success, that's boss. 
Let's ball because yes. it's real. I tell people right. all the time, Not- you know what? Dreams are nothing but goals with deadlines. You just have that's to wake it. up and that's try what to it. There you go. And that's the whole part of waking up and winning. And I'm actually you writing. Uh, <laughs> right. And I'm actually <laughs> writing a, a ebook now uh, called the Five Principles of the Five Principles of Success. So that'll be available soon um, for just downloading. Uh, I want to get people, you know, something that they can read tangible. Very short, simple principles of success that will get people motivated every single day. Absolutely. And especially in our community. You know, I grew up in Philly. I grew up in Southwest. I mean, you know, I tell people all the time when I'm speaking, I didn't grow up in no $135,000 house. If I recall, I believe my mom told me my house was worth 38000 but it was a castle to me. (laughs) We ran around and had a good time. We ate well. We did what, you know, we did what we wanted to do. But I didn't grow up in nobody's hundred something thousand dollar house. People that grew up in hundred thousand dollar house when I was coming up, they were rich. They were rich, right? That's, how I That's thought. true. They were rich. Now I'm selling ten, eighteen, twenty million dollar homes. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that would be me at some. I used to sit on the stoop of my mom's house and dream, but I took action, and I continue to take action. And I think as long as you continue to take action, you can have the best life ever. That is very true. And that's the principle of success. Very true. <laughs> okay. That's the principle of success. <laughs> right? And that's why I say this is the conversation of champions. Because I know a few champions, and they say the same exact things we're saying. So my next question to you is, what was it like to be mentored by you-know-who, Les Brown? Because I didn't want you to give that away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't say what, what was it like because, obviously, we're still he's, – he's like a father to me, and he, he took okay. me on, under his wing, and, you know, we've had some very private, intimate conversations that – you know, really changed my whole dynamic of the way I look at life. And like you said, you know, um, he's, he's, a, he's a mentor to me, right? He chose me to be uh, a mentee. And so um, it was surreal because he was one of the first things, I don't want to say things, but he was one of the first ways I can say I use the law of attraction when I understood Okay. It. So I like, know you know, I went to, yeah. <laughs> so when I went to uh, my first, when I went, when I went to my first seminar, Les Brown seminar in, in Philadelphia, ironically, a couple of years ago, I sat in the audience. I thought I had this package that would allow me to take a photo with him. So I stayed there the whole day come to find out that wasn't the package that I, I, I was supposed to get. So I was frustrated because I'm like, I came all the way down here. I was going to tell him how much he changed my life, and it didn't happen. And so on my way home driving for two hours, I said to myself, okay, I will give anything to be in his life, but I want to be in his life not as a picture taker. I want to be in his life as a son. And I wrote it okay. down. And in, on my way home, I pulled over to the side, and I put his name in my phone. I said, one day he's going to call me. And when he calls me, I'm going to store his number. You fast forward that two years later, he called me one day. 
This was the first time he called me, and I didn't know the number. But when I called him back, it was him, and I was able to store the number. And the first conversation that we had on the phone together was, we got to get you out here in front of people as soon as possible. You're powerful. And I couldn't fathom him saying that to me, but it was a part of the process. And this is when you start to become confident in the law of attraction. You make a decision. You understand that there's a process. I don't know when this is going to happen. All I know this is what I want. You start to feel every single day. And I grew into this person. See, the, also the thing was the person that I said I want to meet Les Brown at, I had to grow to so that I can be around him, so that I can attract that. We'll say we want something, but we don't grow to attract it, and that's why we don't get it. So all this time I started doing certain things different. I started listening to audible messages. I started reading more. I had built a library of books in three years from three to like 1,500. So I'm learning okay. stuff. I'm reading. I'm disciplining myself. So by the time that I could actually talk to him, guess what I can talk to him about? What the average person wouldn't talk to him about. So now he's engaged talking to me because I'm not just talking to him about taking photos. I'm not talking to him about what it's like to be this superstar motivational speaker. I'm actually motivating him. So this is the interesting dynamic. I grew to the person that attracts these people in my life. So to have him as my mentor is powerful. To be able to send him messages or motivational messages where he goes, thank you, son, that was powerful. It motivated me for the day. That's all because I grew in personal development. Fantastic. I mean, that's powerful in itself, that story you just told me. And then you're able to motivate him, who's the motivator of all motivators. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So let me ask you this. When you're out there, now that you have all of this knowledge and you have all of this, you know, energy to be out there and mentor and motivate people, what type of impact do you believe you are making in the community? My impact right now is to be able to be a conduit for people to get to where they want to go. And I, I think that started when I was on a plane recently. I was on a plane, and I think I shared this story at the, at the event, but I was on a plane, and the plane went around the tarmac, and I, we stopped. And when we got to this stop, everybody's, like, looking at, the, like, what's happening because there's nothing on the runway, right? No planes, nothing. We just stopped. The pilot gets on. He goes, listen. You know, the plane has to stop for a second. We'll be moving shortly. Everybody's worried. So he comes back on to make light of what and the reason why he stopped. He goes, we can't move because there's a family of ducks crossing the runway, and we can't hit the ducks. Yes, I remember that. And so I'm saying to myself, we can't just scare the ducks, run over the ducks. We're really going to stop this big plane because of small little ducks. And so as I looked around the plane, I realized something. Everybody's going somewhere. You got this person starting a business. You got this person starting a new life. You got this person going on vacation. You got this person going home. Everybody's going to a destination. But in order for us to get to this destination, the runway has to be clear. So to answer your question, I'm clearing people's runway of the small negative ducks 
that is causing them not to fly and get to their destination. That's interesting. That's very interesting you said that. That thought, when I was a flight attendant, I used to think the same exact way, but in a different context, that the runway was being cleared for me to take off. And that's why I was there. I was able to move, and I never let anything stop me. And it was t- when it was time for me to leave that position, I knew I would be able to sit my black behind in that first-class seat and be served as opposed to serving. And nothing against it, because I had a good time in that job. But when I was on that plane, all I could think of is how can I get from serving to being served? How can my runway be cleared? Same, right. same thought process, different concept. <laughs> so I, I totally relate to that. And it's true. The runway has to be cleared for you to take off, no matter what you're about to do in your life. And when you're doing your life coaching and those processes that you present to people, they don't think that they're real. They don't think that they help. A lot of people, and I've noticed, you know, in the past when I have given processes, process to people and they make light of it, they don't move forward. But the ones that take it on and really break it down and understand it, they move forward. And they move forward quickly. Right. So it's interesting, right, you know, that story about the ducks. Everybody has somewhere to go. The question Everybody is how has are you somewhere get? to go. And right. if the runway isn't clear, meaning your mind, you can't lift off. That's real. That's real talk. That's, that's the truth. So who is Jermaine Miller now? So Jermaine Miller now, obviously, is not the Jermaine Miller a few years ago, but Jermaine oh, Miller no now question. is, uh, <laughs> is no the author, father, mentor, coach, motivator, inspirer to the people that want to live a greater life. Again, I'm, I'm the conduit. I'm just the conduit to help people get from where they are to where they want to be. So that's who Jermaine Miller is, the person who was able to overcome the adversity and the challenges of life. And even at those times, I didn't know why I was going through what I was going through, but now I do so that I can impact and empower other people that may be in that, those predicaments. You know, and sometimes we don't know that. We don't know why I had to be incarcerated or why I had to lose my grandmother to cancer and my grandfather to cancer, why I had to be homeless, why I had to feel what it felt like to not have money or have cars repossessed or lose my home or all of those things. Like, I needed to feel those emotions because sometimes we can try to talk to somebody about anxiety and why they're having anxiety or why they're having pain, but until we actually experience the feeling of what a person is actually going through, we don't know what that's like. We don't know what a divorce is like. If we've never been through it, we can talk about it, but we don't know what it's been like. Or we don't know what it's like being raised in certain sections of, of the world. We can talk about it from afar, 
but we don't know what it's like. So I believe that all of those experiences are the catalyst to me being who I am today. I love it. Well, I can truly say, you know, you are one young man to watch and to listen to. Brilliant. Just brilliant. I mean, the trials and tribulations that you have gone through, no one should go through. But you came out on the other side of that with, you know, blue skies, champion. And whomever hears this conversation, I'm sure it will be impactful. And I tell a lot of people, you know, a lot of people I've talked to, you know, I always say to them, you epitomize what we're trying to do here talking to others about breaking through to success. When I tell you, Jermaine Miller, that you epitomize from execution to excellence, your name is all over that. I appreciate that. All over that. All over that. Because the story I have heard here is very compelling, and everyone should hear it. Because if you can do it, if you came from all of that adversity to become successful, and then to reach back, pass the baton and say, I got you. All you got to do is catch up to, here, catch up to me and grab this baton. I got you. That's awesome. You're one to look up to. I take my I hat I appreciate that. I appreciate Absolutely. that. I really do. It means a lot. I have one more question to ask you because we're going to yes. wrap this up. Yes. What would you ask people that want to break through to success to ask themselves on a daily basis? The question that I would ask them is, is twofold. What do I want my life to look like in the future? And what do I want my life to look like now? Because if I don't change the way I look at my life now, the way my future looks won't be what I want it to really be. So that question in of itself should be so impactful on a daily basis because I'm every single day I'm asking myself, what do I want my life to look like now? Because we have a tendency of looking toward the future and hope, but hope deferred makes the heart sick. So even though we can hope for a better future, hope for a better life, hope for more money, hope for more deals, hope to find the right person, if we don't change our activity now, that future that we hope for will never materialize it. So the question is twofold. What do I want my life to look like in the future, and what do I want my life to look like now? That's a question I would ask myself every single day. Okay. Hashtag boom, <laughs> okay? Hashtag boom. Yes, yes. So now I want you to drop that book on us. Tell us when it's coming out. Tell us a little bit about it, and then you're going to tell us where we can find you. Yes. So Wake Up and Win, which is my first book published. It actually went live today. Um, it's on mm, Amazon and Kindle yes. as well, Amazon and Kindle. So definitely go to Amazon, type in Wake Up and Win or Jermaine Miller, and um, you can get a copy of, of the book. It's 
My forward is by the one and only, the best motivational speaker of our time, the legendary Mr. Les Brown himself. So if he can co-sign my book, it's worth reading. Um, And the book is just really an interesting cover of principles, right? So I don't actually talk about principles, but I talk about the principles. So I'm not like direct on the principles, but I talk about how just simple formulas, simple things that you can do every single day from imagination to um, seeing yourself in where you want to be, how to design your future, deciding what you want, those inner conversations that we talk about, taking action, um, you know, being happy and waking up and winning. Those are some of the topics that that I cover in these books. And every chapter in this book is a chapter that you can read every single day if you wanted to. Because what I discovered was in reading um, some of the greatest authors that I, that I gravitated to, they wrote books that you can spend months in one chapter learning and developing and growing before you even went through other chapters. And that's how I, I read my books. I read my books. I want to know what exactly was this author thinking throughout the process of this book and how can I help myself with what I'm learning. So I'll spend a week or two just reading the same chapter before I got to the next chapter. And that's the way I designed this book. So you was breaking it all the way down for them. I was breaking it all the way down. And they can't do anything but win. Wake up first. They can't do anything. Wake up first and (laughs) and then, no, once you wake up, you're going to win. Because right now you're sleeping if you're losing. No dreaming. No more dreaming. Because you know no what I'm saying. There's nothing but goals with deadlines. Now, I want to ask you, does Les Brown have any more room for adoption? <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> he has so many children. I'm sure he has um, much more room for adoption. All these people's lives that he's changed and he's covered, and he's just such a humble individual. I remember being with him one time. And, you know, after, and, and, like, so many people wanted to take a picture with him. And I'm like, Les, like, we got to go, we got to go. And it, this is taxing on you, like, stopping and talking and taking pictures and everybody's pulling him. And he looks at me and he, in his humble voice, he goes, son, these people helped me get where I am. I, I got to take pictures with them, you know. And that was just so life-changing because, you know, people will get to these places where you – you think that because they're so quote-unquote high or we put them on this particular pedestal that they're, not, they're, they're supposed to treat us any old kind of way because they're high. But then there are some people that are that really high and they're just so humble about the whole entire process. That's one of the things I love the most about him. I think you have some of that. Matter of fact, I know you have a lot of that. You can tell in your voice. You can tell with the passion that you speak you know, to what you want to do and how you are impacting people, you've rubbed elbows with someone that has rubbed a lot off on you. Mm-hmm. So you're speaking in tongue at this point with that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. So where can people find you, Jermaine? Uh, my website, JermaineMiller.com, J-E-R-M-A-I-N-M-I-L-L-E-R. Uh, dot com. I'm on all social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, under Jermaine Miller. I'm not into Twitter too much, but I see I may have to be. 
Um, but I'm there on Twitter as well. Uh, we're starting my YouTube channel this week, so uh, YouTube Jermaine Miller. Um, and, you know, if anybody has any questions or concerns, they can just drop me a line and, and social media or email me at jermaine at jermainemiller.com. I hope you guys got all that. We'll have it on for you on iTunes. So, Jermaine, it has been an amazing conversation with you. This is definitely a conversation for champions, and I cannot wait to release it. So you I can't know, wait to man, release it either. It's been a pleasure uh, to be here oh, with you today. absolutely. This has been one of the best conversations I've had. Um, you know, throughout this process of me doing this podcast. And I've spoken to quite a few people. And um, never did I think I was going to get this filled up from someone like yourself today. Mm. I was thinking I we were going to speak about real estate, and, you know, which we did, but you have really impacted my life with your story. And your story is very compelling, and I'm so happy I'm able to bring it and put it out there for you. Anything I can do to push the goalpost forward for you, I'm here. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me, and likewise to you as well. Absolutely. You have a good night, young man, and I will talk to you again, and I will definitely be circling back to see how everything's going with you. Wonderful, and I look forward to that. Oh, and I'm getting that book. Trust me. Thank you. I appreciate and we'll, that. And, and then we'll have a conversation about your chapters that I want to dig into. We're going to have let's, another conversation. Let's do it. I can't wait. Let's, All right. let's do so it. I can't wait. Great, yes, me too. You have a great Sunday evening. You know, finish this off. And um, like I said, thank you so much for coming on from execution to excellence. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we look forward to All talking right. to you soon. Absolutely. I'll talk to you again. Have a great night. All right. You too. Guys, you just listened to Jermaine Miller, author, speaker, and CEO of Miller Consulting. His new book is out now on Amazon, Wake Up and Win. Jermaine is one person to watch in the future. He is going places. And guess what? You heard him here on From Execution to Excellence. Please do not forget to follow him on Twitter, now his YouTube channel, Jermaine Miller, and you can find him at Instagram at Jermaine Miller. Do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review From Execution to Excellence. And we'll see you next time.